0: Okay, everyone's got a Bible? Okay, good. Good. I just wanted to make sure that everyone had the Word in their hand. So I wanted wanted to do that and just a couple other things I wanted to share here before we get into this. A a passage that I I said, I, I didn't read from the Word, but if you would just turn quickly to Psalm chapter 115. I think it would be so appropriate to read this after what Pastor Bud shared and it, as, as he shared, some of you maybe the last couple of weeks heard what he said, you'd probably think wow, maybe he's been hearing our sermons talking about how we're going to be gospel centered this is all about the cross and all about the word and the things here, you're probably like yeah, he's right on because you know what that's what it's all about okay Psalm chapter 115 this verse here I'm not a tattoo person yet, okay? But if I was, this would be one of my tattoos. Maybe on my belly, upside down, so I could read it every day. You know, something. But this verse is so appropriate for today, for every day, every moment of our lives. Psalm 115, verse one. In fact, historically, in days of old, when the kings of England would win a battle or lose a battle, there was a long stretch for a couple centuries. This is what they would say on the battlefield. Let it be sung, non nobis domine. In Latin, that was the phrase. This is it here. We'll say it in English. They would say this out loud. If they won or lost a battle, any victory, any great thing in your life, any sorrow, every moment, may this be your breath. Verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Amen? Amen? So I want you to know that I'm not here to replace Pastor Kent, who God brought here to do his work. I'm not here to replace Pastor Bud. I'm here to continue the work of the kingdom of God. Period. I'm not here to replace anyone or to do a step up or to no. I'm here to amplify this. In fact, we're going through this series, this we believe, and for three weeks we're talking about the Word of God, and, and we're going to finish today talking about the Word of God in this series, but I'm never going to finish talking about the Word of God. To the day I die, my last breath that escapes me will be saying and uttering these words. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Amen? What a verse. Go home, paint it on your wall, write it on cards, just put it all around so you're reminded it's all about Him. It's all about Him. Secondly, I want to say this, I I encourage you to next week and every week you can do this, but invite someone. Remember, we're talking about this we believe. I'm going through this series thinking about, hey, these are the things we believe as a church. This is what the Christian heritage historically has talked about. This is the foundational core things that we believe as Christians. And for the three weeks, we're talking about the Word of God as we begin there. But tomorrow, not tomorrow, I wish it was tomorrow. Let's just skip work, skip school, let's just get this. But next week, we're going to dig in. I cannot wait for next week, because we're going to start talking about the gospel. What is this gospel that we believe? And if you have someone that's afraid of church, that maybe's afraid of all the laws and just all these rules and regulations of religion, bring them next week. Because this is liberating. And we're going to start digging into the gospel. And I can't wait. I almost want to say we're starting a Saturday service. Just that's how long we're going to dig into it. we're all going to come and just be here all day Sunday. And last, I want to say this before we get in. My purpose of this series, my purpose of every time I preach, is this. That you would, as I said the first Sunday, delight in this word. Delight in this word. That when you leave Sunday, it wouldn't be my words. I'm not here to speak and preach in a pontificated way and make my voice sound so great so you're like, wow. No, that's not it. I want you to leave. When you leave, go... Well, whatever he said, I just want to spend all day in this. It's like this. Some of you may have done this when you were in school, had to read Hamlet from Shakespeare. Anybody have to read Hamlet when you were in school? Maybe, okay, maybe four or five of you. What kind of education system is around? Anyways. <laughs> Shakespeare wrote this 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 great writing, Hamlet. And, and in there, Hamlet's all bummed out. His dad died. And he gets news quickly. He gets news that, that his that someone t- his father comes and says, "Hey, I died. Someone killed me." You know, and he kind of spells it all. This is how. This is what happens. You need to remember this. Remember what has happened. And I love what Shakespeare does. After Hamlet received this news about how his dad was killed, he just didn't die. He was murdered, and the last words were, "Remember, remember." Here's what Shakespeare does with Hamlet. And he says, "In this distracted globe." You know what it's like to have a distracted globe? Your brain, you're just thinking about everything else. In this distracted globe, all the things that you've copied there, I will remember what you just said. In fact, in the, he says this, on this table of my memory, all these things I will erase, and thy command alone I will remember. And that's my desire is that you will have that flavor, that flair in you. When we're done with Sunday, that you will go, this command alone, all these things we copy in our memories, I will just pitch, and thy command alone, I will remember. That's my desire. That's my prayer, that you will walk away just going, I want more. That was just a taste. Give me more. So that's some of the little things I just wanted to share with you. Let me pray before we get into this great word. Father God, today is your day, as every day is your day. Today we think about you. We ask that you would in many ways speak to us in ways the world cannot do. So be with us, and may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of my heart be pleasing, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, today, with Pastor Bud sharing and things being a little bit longer than maybe the average service, I need to warn you, I have five pages of notes. (laughs) I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm not here to trap you in. But you will see that today is a great day. In fact, I have four titles for my sermon. This sermon is so good because what we're sharing about is so grand, I have four different titles I didn't know what to come up with. One was The Great Weight of the Word of God. I'm probably the only guy that would like that one. The Great Weight of the Word of God. Oh, That sounds all cool. But you know that I'm a freak about the Word love the word. I'm all about the word. The word of God preoccupies and occupies my life. Martin Luther said this about the Bible. The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. We love the word. And I ask questions before I begin preaching usually. And my question today is this. Do you know God? I said this the first Sunday. The only way you can know God is through revelation. Period. And the primary way he's revealed himself to us is right here. So if you want to know God, it's right here. It's in his word and, this is very important, the purpose of knowing the Word of God is to know the God of the Word. It's not just knowing the Bible. You can go to any prison and find somebody who's been there for many years, who's got a Bible, someone, they probably memorize loads of verses, and they may just know the Word, but they don't know the God of the Word. And we're here to know the Word of God, which speaks of this God, this great God. And today, he is after our hearts. Especially the passage we're going to get into, he's after our hearts. He's after our lives. And today, I believe, he is going to transform us in many ways. So if you would turn to the middle of your Bible, just kind of maybe panning out there, in fact, does anybody know the middle chapter of the Bible? If you'd go from Genesis and Revelation and just go chapter at a time, would anybody, does anybody know what the middle chapter of the Bible is? Psalm, it's Psalm 118. Psalm 118. You know, most people that, that raise their hand and say that, they've been in prison because they've got nothing else to do. I'm not saying you're in prison. Okay. <laughs> Things we don't know about Daryl. Yes, you're welcome. I'm all about encouragement. If you would turn to the longest chapter of the Bible, turn to the longest chapter. It's Psalm 119, the one Daryl mentioned. Psalm 119. Now, Now you know why I have seven pages of notes. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. Look at this thing. Take a look. 176 verses. Don't worry. The kids, they went off to Sunday school. They're memorizing this right now, this chapter. So when they're done, then we can be done, okay? Psalm 119, the longest chapter. Throughout ages, listen to this. This chapter has been the treasure in Scripture. Especially for evangelicals. Evangelicals are word-centered and gospel-centered. For evangelicals, this is the gold mine. This chapter right here. Psalm 119. Thomas Manton, the Puritan preacher, wrote a total of 1,677 pages just on this chapter alone. It's about nine nine pages per verse. Wow! Martin Luther, listen to what he says about this chapter. He professed, that he prized this chapter, this psalm, so greatly that he would not trade the world for one part of this chapter. Wow! William Mulberforce, David Livingstone, and other great people have memorized this whole psalm and found it a great blessing. Memorize this whole... I'd rather memorize Psalm 117. Take a look at that one. Yeah, okay, that's what the kids are working on now. Why would someone in their right mind memorize the longest chapter? Oh, people, we will see here that it talks about the benefits and the results of those who are in the Word of God. Please, if you forget many things today, remember this. This chapter is all about the benefits and the results of those who are in the Word of God. That's why I prize, I love this chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters because it's all about the Word of God. It's so good. There are many aspects to this chapter. Above all, this passage, this chapter, is all about reverence and devotion to God's Word and the Lord Himself. I love that. Another aspect is that the Word of God and the law of God is the decisive factor in every sphere and aspect of your life. You'll see this as we get into this. Every verse has an aspect of our lives. And what's the one factor? What's the key thing? The Word of God. It's the results and benefits of those who stay in or not in the Word of God. Has it there. As my Hebrew professor would say, it shows that the Word of God and what it is to man and how man is to behave to himself and in relationship to the Word. And as a result, they are blessed. And we'll see that in the first two verses. It talks about blessing, lamenting, thanksgiving, proclamation, confession, affirmations of truth, prayer and praise. And just quickly, take a look here. Every every day this week, I was just reading over this. It only takes 15 minutes to read. Some of these verses stood out to me. I mean, I wish we could have hours to go through this. Take a look at verse 11. So Psalm 119, verse 11. I'm just going to look at just maybe five or six verses And some of these, maybe if you've been in church, you know some of these verses. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How many of you struggle with sin? Okay, the rest of you struggle with lying. I'm learning about that. Yeah, how do we... It's not all these other things to do it. It's the word that will help you. Oh, look at verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Some days I read that and go, I need that, because sometimes I open this up and go, I know I just don't get it. Open my eyes. Maybe some of you, you need to read that every time you read the word of God. Say, God, open my eyes that I may see these wonderful things. Verse 28. This week, When I would fall upon this verse, every time I would read this verse and I would stop and pray for Sherry and her family. This was the verse I would pray for her family. And I thought of this verse at the funeral. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. love verse 32. 32 just blows me away. Look at this one. I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. How can the word commands and free be in the same verse? But they are. This is liberating. Oh, it's so good. Verse 54. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. Oh, I read that this week and I was like, that is great. It's, this is the theme of my song. Oh, I was like, okay, that's my favorite verse now. Another one. Look at 71. This one, at first I read, I was like, what? And then I started to let it sink in. I was like, oh. Some of you who are older than me understand this more than I can because I haven't gone through those life experiences that you have. And you read this verse and you go, I get it. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Wow! What a verse! Look at 92. Oh 92 is great. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Oh. Now I'm getting it. Look at 97. And this is the title of my sermon. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day another verse, Psalm 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 140, verse 148. This is my prayer for some of you that you catch the bug that I have. That you just get up early and you go home and everyone's sleeping and then you turn on the light and hide and just do this. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Oh, it's so good. There's so many great verses. And as you notice, as we've been kind of going through this, you'll see that, go back to the first verse. Some of your Bibles maybe have it broken up where it's every eight verses it's broken into a section. Do you have that in your Bibles? you see that? Now for the Hebrews, it was a little bit easier to memorize. Why? Because every eight verses was acrostic. In fact, if you see up here, I've got a copy of the Hebrew... You look... On this one side over here, it's Aleph, they have all, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. For them, it just all started, it was a little bit easier for them to memorize. So, in fact, in some of your Bibles, it may say that. Take a look. It may say, Aleph, Be, Gimel, Dalet, Che, Vav, Zion, He, Te. Okay, there's the Hebrew alphabet. It's written in a way so you could really sink it into you. Now, some of you may not have it, but just take a look. It's there. It's, it's, it's written in a way so that we can soak it in. They have all the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet right in here, beginning with each stanza. And each section begins with that letter. Why? There's a couple reasons why. One, it shows the completeness in our alphabet. From A to Z, the Word of God has it all. From Aleph to Tav, they have it all in there. From A to Z, it has it all, it's complete. This is the great alphabet chapter right here. It's complete. One, that's one. Number two, it's easy to memorize for them. None of you could probably memorize this in Hebrew, but for us, we can still memorize it. Thirdly, it was a good way of writing a poem. In fact, here I call this the banquet spread of God's word. In the most poetic way, the psalmist just pens out the beauty of God's Word. In fact, one of my titles for the sermon was going to be The Ultimate Buffet. But I thought some of you would start thinking about food if I said The Ultimate Fae instead of thinking about this great feast in the Word. Like an emotional movie, the psalmist has all the affirmations, all the petitions. They rise and fall in this poetic way. Always pointing to the Word of God. In a spectacular view, each has an equal part, but they all come together. It's beautiful. It may seem like there's no connection when you read them, but after you read them over and over, you'll see it's all connected. And what I love as an evangelical, the Bible is referred to in almost every verse. Every verse has a word for the Word of God, except for two. And those other two talk about the Word of God, but the benefits and the results. So what I want to do is I want to look at the first section. And in this chapter, there's eight main words that are used synonymously for the Word of God. In fact, do this. Just turn your page to one of the verses and just put your finger down and point in a verse. Just find a verse and just, it could be in the hundreds. Just find a verse and you'll find the words like this, law, statutes precepts, decrees, commands, laws, word, or promise. Each verse has that in there. They're all together. They all reflect the same thing. It's kind of like this. I thought through this. It's kind of like an orchestra. This passage is kind of like an orchestra. There's all these different... there's a bassoon. What's a bassoon? Okay. You know, there, there's the violins and violas. There's, there's the, um, the cellos. There's the French horns. I love the sound of a French horn. They all have different sounds, but when they play the same note, it sounds wonderful. This passage has 176 verses, all these different verses, but the same sound is the Word of God. So we can know the God of the Word everything is here. And let me just look at one verse before we get into this. Look at verse 50. I mean, this in many ways is... There, there's, there's many things I want you to walk away with today. Hopefully your, your heart will just be filled with, oh, there's so much in this chapter. But this verse is kind of the purpose of many of the reasons why this chapter is here. My comfort in my sufferings, is this. That I'll never have sufferings again. That I'll live healthy and happy the rest of my life. That that your promise preserves my life. Did you catch that? This preserves our life. And the goal of this is to make you realize I need to be more and know His promises and know God more so I can walk. Have life. So let's begin with verse 1. I'm only just going to look at a couple verses. Don't worry, it's not going to be all the whole for you. Some of you are like, wow, give me some coffee. Psalm 119, verse 1. What's that first word there? Oh, blessed. Another translation. Joyful. Oh, the bliss. Remember the first week I was here, we did Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Here it is again. Blessed. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. They are blessed. They are blessed. The word here for the Word of God is law, Torah. What is Torah? Well, typically when you see in the Hebrew Bible, when you see the word Torah, Torah typically is the first five books of the Bible. That's the law of Moses. We call that the Pentateuch. It's a long, big word there. The first five books of the Bible. So whenever you see the word law or Torah, just think the first five books. But sometimes it's not just the general first five books. In a more particular way, it's the book of Deuteronomy. That's where Moses pens out the law in two great sermons. Remember, we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6. The law. In fact... I just want to show you this book. I got this for my birthday. And once in a while, I'll pick up a book or I'll get something and I'll be like, oh, I wish I would have wrote that book. I should have. I should have been listening, Lord. I should have wrote that book. But you got someone else they're smarter than me. And you'll laugh when you see this title because when I got this book, I looked at the title I was like, oh, it's the perfect book for me. How I love your Torah, oh Lord. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, that's for me. And this is a dear friend of mine who wrote this book. Studies in the book of Deuteronomy. The law, the Torah, is God's giving us direction. When you see the word law, think these words. Direction, point out, to teach, instruction that comes from God. Not law like we think, all these binding things that say, no, 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 you can't, you can't. These are, this is very important to know, these are there to help us know God. To preserve our life. To protect and to show us his promises. I wrote this down. It's important to know that any instruction flowing from the relationship of God is for the basis of life and action. The ultimate goal of the law is to internalize it. To take it in, to soak it in. It's the guide for our life. We receive it, we commune with it, and we live it out. I used to teach a lot on preaching. I would take some people who were learning to preach, and this is what I would tell them I would say, You have to eat it, digest it, let it become every part of you so it bleeds through your skin. Then you can finally preach it Efforts preach to you. You've digested it. You've internalized it. Don't just read a bunch of words and just spit it out. Soak it in. Like we talked about a few weeks ago. Meditate on it. That's what his word is. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Look at verse 2. Blessed are they who keep his statutes. And seek Him with all their hearts. There's this aspect of not just okay, I'm just gonna yeah, Lord, I, here it is. Sunday's good enough for me. There's my check, my hour for goodness and God, and I'm gonna do the rest. It's discipline, it's work, it's effort. I'm realizing the older I get, the harder it is to memorize. I want to keep memorizing, so I just it takes effort with all my heart. What are the things you go after with all your heart? For me, I look at and I think, what are the things I go after with all my heart? For me, it's hunting. Especially if I'm bow hunting and I get a deer and I've got to track the blood. I've got to find that. I'm looking. I'm seeking. Or if I'm fishing, I'm, when I fish, I hunt for my fish. I don't just fish in a little pond that's got all the fish right there. I want to seek and find them. I don't want to find the lily pads. I want to look. I to. Wanna... What do you seek? Are you a shopper looking for the best deals? Are you looking for the most ways to get comfort? You seek out that. Do you spend your energy and seek His statutes? They are blessed, the ones who do. This word statutes is also think of words testimony, bear witness, testify. When the Hebrews would read this word, they would think the Ten Commandments. These are the binding stipulations I had with God. Me and Him, we have a covenant relationship statutes they bind me to him so when you hear stipulations think of if you're married your ring these are, the, these are the things I promised these stipulations I have blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts we have to remain loyal to the terms of the covenant verse 3 they do nothing wrong they walk in his ways. I've been trying to memorize this chapter. I haven't done it yet. It's just, either I'm too weak or I just, I'm, I don't know. I remember starting to memorize this. Here's where I was at. I was like, oh, blessed are they whose ways are blameless. Oh, okay, I'm kind of there. Okay, Who walk according to the law of the Lord. Okay, yeah, help me, Lord. Then verse 2, blessed are they who keep His statutes. Oh, I'm pretty good at that, okay. They seek him with all their heart. Yeah, help me, Lord. Then verse 3, they do nothing wrong. Okay. Yeah, this is fun to memorize. They walk in his ways. Look at verse 4. You have laid down your precepts to be fully obeyed. When I got to that point memorizing, I'm like, I, I give up. Because how many of you feel like, well, I, I obey everything? How many of you struggle in your Christian walk where you just go, I can't obey, I can't do this? Walk in your ways? I, I, I don't do this. It's not just living, but just in my personal life. Sometimes I don't connect. What is it, Lord? And then verse 5 is your liberation in this area. If some of you are just caught up in this legalistic thing, like, oh, I have to, I have to, look at verse 5. Oh, that my ways were steadfast. I'm just like, yes, that's me. Take a look at this. Verse 1, 2, and 3. It's third person. They, blessed are they. Oh, they, they do nothing wrong. Then it moves to second person in verse 4. God's perspective. You have laid down your precepts. And then verse 5, this liberating one. Oh, that my, that's first person. And every verse after that, it's me. I, I, me. I love that. It's so personal. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. We have to follow and obey why? He's commanded it to us. He's put his authority into it. It's his word. Listen to me. This book is living and active. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. Sharper than any sword, piercing and dividing asunder a soul. It speaks to us. It's alive. And this is what I want you to do this week. Please. Take this chapter. It's daunting. Look at all these verses. Oh, man. At least once, read through the whole thing. Surely you can turn off the TV for 15 minutes and just sit back. And maybe you'll take a pencil and mark that verse and go, Oh, that's a great one. He missed that one. Oh, look at this one. And maybe you'll get to verse 28 and go, Oh, for those who are weary in sorrow, I'll continue to pray for Sherry's family. Or maybe you'll find one and go, Oh, that's for me. I need that. So please, once this week, read through this chapter. Do it. And then, every day this week, pick one of the stanzas, one of the eight verses... You can look, they've got the Olive bait, Gimel doll. Pick one of them and just read the whole thing every day. You will begin to realize when you internalize this word. that's why this chapter is so long, I believe. That's why they want people to memorize it. The Lord had the writer have heaven alphabetically so they would soak it in so that way it was in you. And you would realize it affects every aspect of my life. How many of you, when you get in the car, the kids are going crazy and you're just like, oh, great, we're going to church and they're screaming and crying. How many of you happened that today? I'm raising my hand. (laughs) You can apply this to your heart so you don't blow up at them. You can give them words. Let me end by reading just one of the stanzas. So take your eyes and gaze upon verse 89. There's so much more I wish we had time to share. In fact, as I was doing this this week, I'm like, this is like a three-part series just alone, this chapter. So I've done injustice to it. But listen to this. Oh, this is so good. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you've preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I've sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless let me pray